Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite de Queens Practical Wisdoms and Sales Podcast. I'm Rachel, and I'm joined today by Lynn, and we'll be discussing how to win friends and build influence with gatekeepers. So, Lynn, leading up to this podcast, you mentioned in an email that I had experienced being a gatekeeper, and I was initially confused by this. It took me a little while to figure it out. Uh, so, what is a gatekeeper? Who are gatekeepers? And what do they do in organizations? And why have I been a gatekeeper? Why did you say that? <laughs> well, gatekeepers are people in charge of access. So they are intermediaries who are there to identify, evaluate, limit, and monitor um, your and everyone else's ability to approach or connect with your prospect or customer. So I said that you were a gatekeeper because you, in uh, in college, you in undergraduate school, you played the role as a receptionist for an organization. So receptionists mm-hmm. are a frontline gatekeepers, and uh, gatekeepers include um, also include personal assistants, executive assistants. They can include coordinators, uh, PR agents. There are many different gatekeeper roles, and those are just uh, some of the, the, the ones that come top to mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, so now that you mentioned it, yes, I was uh, a receptionist at a nonprofit organization. And relevant to today's discussion, I, I did have to field people who were coming in and asking to meet with my, my boss. And they tried all kinds of tricks. The most the one that tricked me once and never again was this man waltzed in and asked to talk with my boss and called her by her first name. And so I was like, oh, first name, that must mean he knows her. Um, he did not know her. And I kind of got in a bit of hot water, not not really hot water, uh, kind of warm water for she's she told me, you know, you always have to make sure that they have an appointment. So as such, it's obvious that gatekeepers filter who is granted access to talk to the people that they are gatekeeping for, like I did. So how do you become one of the people who gets to actually talk to these people, who gets to clear that gate? My first piece of advice is to treat the gatekeeper as the golden resource that they are. Always treat them with respect, dignity, and kindness, and express your appreciation for their assistance, and ask what you can do for them. So essentially you're looking to build a relationship with the gatekeeper and you can do that through demonstrating genuine curiosity. You know, what are their personal interests, um, details about themselves that they share. Uh, and, and you sort of are setting yourself up so that you're on your way to earning their trust. And on the flip side of that, it is the kiss of death. If you are rude or dismissive, Um, And I actually have a really great story to illustrate this. Um, One of my uh, friends, uh, Lisa, when she was working as a receptionist, had an experience with someone who came in who was very rude to her, really snarky. And she just, and also she had this experience where they were coming into the parking lot and she was honking her horn at her, like trying to get around her like to frantically park to run into her appointment. (laughs) Um, So she had sort of a double thing going on and she was just like, could not believe how rude this individual was. And 
she basically tagged that person, you know, it was like, and she, um, you know, didn't let her in to see someone. She had to have an appointment. She would call whomever to verify that they had time to see this person. And this carried through when she went to another company and this individual was calling on that company as a salesperson. Um, mm -hmm. She blocked that person and she did not uh, get, do them any favors when, uh, in the sense that when someone would ask, hey, do you have a resource for this or who should I talk to? That person was never recommended. So right. I, she may as well have just thrown napalm on that that bridge. Right. And, and you know, it's funny because receptionists, we grant access. I say we, I was one. We grant access. But the thing is, we also talk to our bosses, right? Yeah. So yes. if a person's rude to me, I got along quite well with my boss. I would talk to her later and say, hey, this person kind of a jerk <laughs> and that really taints the relationship that you might build with your prospect wouldn't it oh absolutely and in fact that that's a key point i i've had that experience before it wasn't with a gatekeeper per se but working with a vice president one of their uh, uh team members I had a lot of challenges working with this individual. They sent me uppercase emails. They'd call, pick up the phone, and they'd be shouting at me over the phone. It was, uh, it was uh, sort of ugly, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. And at one point, when we were out, I, I, it came up in a conversation because she'd sort of she through the grapevine she'd seen some behavior, and she wanted to know if I had experienced it myself. And I went, well, now that you mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and and of course that that type of behavior she was appalled that type of behavior was not to be tolerated and it did cause her to actually dig a little deeper and discover that this person was like a raging rhinoceros uh, and how they were treating people both internally and externally and uh, uh she ended up having her go through some additional training, et cetera, through HR. So, um, and it does, it does affect your relationship because that particular individual, I just didn't want to work with her in the future. I, it was like, I just don't need this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Life is yeah. too short. Right. Um, and so it, it, and it definitely tainted um, the relationship in the sense with uh, her her boss and how she viewed her behavior. And uh, it was good, though, because it brought it to uh, attention that it needed to be addressed. Right. Yeah. So when it's someone within your company, obviously, you can address it. But when it's someone coming from outside the company, like a sales representative might, then that's a great like being rude to the reception is a great way to not be granted access. Or if you are granted access, it's a great way to end up poisoning the relationship with your prospect by way of um, one of their gatekeepers, like their receptionist or their oh, PA, absolutely. right? Absolutely, because they're not going to do you any favors down the road. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, in fact, they may even, the receptionist or whomever the gatekeeper could say, well, you know, that's one resource, but I have, we, I've checked around and I've got some other ideas that we need to, that we, we should follow up with. And, yeah. uh, and also, just like you said, it brings to question, how is this, salesperson going to treat uh, this, the rest of your team members if you move forward with a relationship with them. I mean, that's a huge warning sign, red flags mm -hmm. all over the place. And for me, when I work with outside um, salespeople, if 
they're not treating everyone with respect. To me, that this right then it's you just shut it down. It's like I don't we don't need this. Um, it's not appropriate, and you can see that two sided, that two faced. Um, mm-hmm. It's just so distasteful, and it's just not how right. you treat people who you perceive to be below you t- says a lot about who you are. Uh, and it does. It so if, if those people have the ear of someone that you value, then, then as I've been saying, and I guess I'm just saying it again, that's a good way to get yourself in hot water. So. Yeah. <laughs> boiling, <laughs> boiling hot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big problem. So, so yeah, we've, we've obviously determined that gatekeepers have a lot of power um, in, in your sales life cycle. So it's always great to understand how to build relationship and strengthen connections. So how might you do that with gatekeepers? How do you form relationships with them? I've got a single word, respect. And you just finished saying that previously, but you are establishing a mutual, mutually beneficial relationship with the gatekeeper. And it's the same as with any individual, whether internally or externally. Um, and, and, you know, we have a terrific webinar on how to develop and nurture relationships. And we'll, I, let's add it to the, uh, or link it to the show notes. Okay, Rachel. Um, and I encourage mm-hmm. our audience to check it out. It's really, it's going to go more into depth than we can in this simple uh, answer. But besides respect, which is being inclusive, it's my additional top tips are to include the gatekeeper in your follow-up communications. Um, and I, what I was saying, be inclusive, be welcoming. Um, your goal is to get your sales opportunity moving forward. And remember the gatekeeper when you come in for a meeting. So I will often do like a Starbucks run and bring in drinks for a meeting a tray of drinks or treats. And I always ask the gatekeeper if I can bring anything for them. I mean, I'll specifically call them, you know, on the main line and ask them what they would like. Um, And better yet, once I've learned like they like a chai tea latte, I'll write it down and I add it to my notes um, in my uh, contacts so that I know what they like and I add it to the order and I bring along a little treat for them. That just Mm -hmm. says so much to them that I consider them a key team member, that they're important. (laughs) Um, My actions are speaking for me. And I also make sure that I perform any kind of heavy lifting so that, once again, I'm demonstrating my respect and my awareness of the gatekeeper's valuable time. So I don't ask them to do silly, stupid stuff um, or time-consuming stuff. I go out of my way to find an opportunity to help them. So do you have an example of doing the heavy lifting for the reception? Yeah, you know, you know, and it's, it, it can be something small, like bringing them coffee, but it can also be larger things. And it's sometimes connected with things that they're interested in. So recently when I had an, op- I had an opportunity present itself because the receptionist was chatting with me about the opportunity that they had, they were going to be going to California, they're going to go to Legoland, and they were trying to decide if they would go to Disneyland as well, because they had young, pretty young children. And if they did go to Disneyland, would they go to Disneyland or California Adventure? <laughs> well, okay, so anybody who's ever listened to any of our content knows I'm a, a pretty big Disney fan. It's a very favorite 
communication uh, spot. But I was able to recommend a very specific book to her um, called, uh, you know, Disney with Kids that I, I told her it was indispensable. I sort of gave her highlights of the, the two parks uh, and I recommended that that she, uh, if she did go to uh, do a, re to review which park she felt, you know, where the, her children had the most interest and in what kind of characters or what type of experiences. Um, and if they went for a longer period to buy the park hopper pass, so you could hop from one park to the other. Um, I also told her where uh, Disney on each parks has a, a parent sort of parent child center where you can actually rock your child, you can take a break, um, you can nurse them or feed them. And it really helps um, to, to get out of that, that environment into a, 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 a quiet, soothing place. And it can help calm mm -hmm. a, a very tired child down, et cetera. And, um, and then I followed up by sending her the link to the book. So when I got back to the office, um, I went ahead and grabbed that, sent it to her on an email. You could also do it just the same from the car parking lot on your, on your phone. And uh, so it was great because then I, I actually saw her again then this last week and she was saying like, oh my gosh, that was so helpful. We did. We bought the, we went for two days. We did the park hopper pass. We went to both. It was amazing. And the book was really useful. I mean, because I told her how you could do the parent swap with the kids and that, you know, uh, one parent can stay with one child what the other parent gets on the attraction and <laughs> how you can <laughs> swap out, especially when you have one child that might be too young to go on the attraction and yada, yada. I, it was, um, anyway, she was thrilled. And that was something that I had personal experience with, obviously. But not only did I give her a practical advice at the time, but uh -huh. I, I also then followed up, like I said, with the book, and it was it, I, it actually created an even stronger relationship because now we're talking <laughs> that, that we had before. Mm -hmm. You know, I also want to point out that there's a really simple thing that you can do here that kind of is like the basis of what you've been saying, Lynn, but it's even smaller. Just remembering our names can be really helpful when you when a person would come in and ask to see someone and I would, you know, let them in or not. When they come back later on, if they know who I am, that lets me know that they took the time to learn my name and remember it because they saw me as important. And something that simple, I mean, the Starbucks drink, yes, you'll get extra points and then telling, <laughs> like, give me advice on my vacation, more points. But you have to know our names. And if we don't offer you our names, if we don't have a name tag, ask. Oh, absolutely. I, and I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't even, I mean, I guess that's like so basic it's to me. It's so obvious. I, that I don't think that you of it, to. but I always add the names of the receptionists into my contacts and into my notes. And it is very important. And you walk in and it's like, Rachel, how are you doing today? You know, mm -hmm. you know, it, you know, has anything excited happened, you know, since the last time we met? And, yeah, and the thing know, is, Another thing is that there's a good chance that, I mean, some people are very good with faces and names. I probably won't remember you. I see when I was a receptionist, I saw a lot of people. Right. But if you remember me, that's going to help me remember you, right? Yeah. Because if we're meeting again, as strange, meeting as strangers again and again and again, we're not going to build anything. But if you remember who I am the second time we meet, then the third time, you can bet I'm going to remember you. Right. And right. I'm going to like you. And the same thing when you strike up those conversations and, you know, I see a picture of your cat 
on the on your your desk and I say, oh, you have a cat. What's your cat's name? Then you tell mm -hmm. me your cat's name is Cordelia. I write that down. <laughs> Because and then I can when I do come in I can and it's not intrusive but it's just like you know hey Rachel how are you doing today how's Cordelia you know and it's like this immediate connection it's like like you know enough about me and it's not too personal right mm -hmm. so you you have to balance that genuine curiosity and how you find those uh, common ground and the connections with not being intrusive. Perfect. So we've obviously just discussed how you start to build that relationship. Know our names, bring us drinks, and tell us about <laughs> great vacations. Those are the three boxes you need to check. So once you've earned that confidence and that trust and the positive relationship with that gatekeeper, why would you expand that relationship and how would you do that? Well, I think I'm going to pick up on something you said about the vacations. It's not necessarily a box to check, but that's something that <laughs> interest to the gatekeeper. So you're not there to tell them about the last fabulous vacation you took because that's it just makes you a obnoxious. It makes more. you a jerk. <laughs> yeah. So instead, it's what of what's of interest to the gatekeeper and, um, you know, developing that that further and finding out other clues and information. It, it's all about nurturing the relationship, seeing them as a valuable team member and recognizing them for that. And, you know, at the end of the day, you are, it's so important to maintain and foster a long-term connection. Gatekeepers change their roles. You know, they move up within the organization, they move to new companies and you know, when you have relationships with these people, it is amazing that they come back and they ask, someone comes in and asks, do you know anybody who does this? And they're new to a company, but they go, well, yeah, I do. You know, I know who, who you can call. <laughs> and I've got, who you, gonna call? you know, yeah, <laughs> who are you going to call? And it's, uh, it's just that connection and you're building that. And so you want to uh, always stay relevant with them and, their world and what's important to them and, and to keep in touch. And as you nurture your relationship, you're going to look for ways that you can help them. And it can be an article or of something that's of personal interest or maybe of interest to them for work or resource or a piece of news that they would like. Uh, and you can send that to them or provide it to them and uh, with a friendly note and just checking in on how they're doing. You're not asking for anything. And anytime you find those commonalities and areas of interest that you share, that's a great way. Um, you can you both love to cook, and you're interested in uh, really unique foodie items, and you can forward them this great new. Um, uh, I just bought this fabulous blueberry powder that's from heirloom blueberries, and that you can add it. Um, either as decoration on the top, you can add it to smoothies, you can add it to, you know, uh, recipes, to cake batter or other things, you could add it to a sauce. And it's sort of unique, right? So it's something that you can mm -hmm. share and tell them about. So it's finding that link and always demonstrating respectful curiosity and showing them that you appreciate them and providing that positive reinforcement. Right. And you want to make sure that they're always happy to see you. 
<laughs> when they move up, as you said, or move to another company, if they're if they're still happy to see you, then they're going to try to find ways to bring you in as opposed to other people who are maybe are less nice. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think absolutely. we've pretty well demonstrated the value of gatekeepers and you should absolutely. give us respect. Yes. Well, you're not a gatekeeper anymore, but I know I keep yes. saying us, but I was, <laughs> you were a gatekeeper. I was a gatekeeper for like two years. It was great. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that was a good job. So, well, that wraps up today's fantastic discussion. And to anyone listening, what tips do you have to create foundational relationships with gatekeepers? Go ahead and add your insights in the comments section because we would love to hear your thoughts and your stories. We want to thank all of our listeners who joined us for today's podcast. Join us next time for another terrific dialogue at Petite to Queen. If you have any questions or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com.